This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One of the big questions is what is money? practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with the very early episodes as we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. Let's dive in together and discover the exciting potential of crypto. In today's episode, we talk you through why the crypto market has taken a bit of a tumble over the past week. We discuss the announcement of the digital pound. We talk about how AI is impacting the crypto markets and a developing news story we've just added in the last couple of hours. My name's Tracy, and as always, I'm joined by the boys, Blake and Craig, on today's episode. Hi, guys. How are you going? Going well, Trace. How are you, Craig? Good, thanks. Love the new intro. (laughs) We're only three weeks in now, and you've just clicked on to it now. <laughs> nice one. Sharp as attack, that guy. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into it. Look, we have seen a bit of a downsized move into the crypto charts over the last week, and the market's been spooked by a number of different stories, but we want to get into one of them right now and talk about that one for you. On Thursday afternoon last week, the SEC announced that crypto exchange Kraken had agreed to pay a $30 million fine for not registering the offer offering and sale of its crypto asset staking service program. Now, look, I I guess you guys might know a little bit about when the dump started to happen, and it was actually the day before this. So, Craig, what happened there? Well, there was already whispers of a SEC interference with staking, and the Coinbase CEO, Brian Armstrong, he warned on Twitter, he said, the SEC would like to get rid of crypto staking in the US for retail customers. He said um, that's damaging for the US. He sort of pleaded with legislators to make the US a bit more front forward compared to the rest of the world. And yeah, his tweet sent some pretty big shockwaves and the market started to panic, you know, cue the memes about... SEC stepping in for Kraken and Coinbase, but not stepping in for FTX and Celsius. Um, Mm. However, after sort of this news and this FUD, the governance tokens for Lido and Rocket Pool, which are two pooled staking services, they had a nice 11% pump um, as it forced users to think about where else they can stake. That's not a centralized exchange. Mm. Blake, I know you've used Lido in the past. Can you talk a little bit about 
what these decentralized options are? So these these de- decentralized options give people really two additional benefits for using the service. Firstly, um, they provide liquid staking options. So generally when you stake your asset like Ethereum, you need a minimum of, of 32 Ethereum, right? And many people don't have this. It's quite a lot of money. It's like, what, 60,000 US dollars. Um, so it allows you to fractionally stake you know, a, a validator. So you can just put in one, two, five Ethereum and get your reward, which is 4% or 5% per annum on, on that locked up Ethereum. Whereas the second interesting component to these platforms is that in exchange for depositing your Ethereum into their platform, they will provide you with a token in return that is somewhat pegged to the price of Ethereum. And therefore it's like liquid staking. It's kind of like lending somebody some cash and then then giving you back some tokens that you can use in um, your replacement of cash. So it's an innovation in the space. Um, it's created a lot of value. Um, it's created liquidity, which is this technology is really good for. And you know, there are risks associated with this. You know, the, the smart contracts could be hacked. Um, however, I think at the moment between these two services, it's like 8 billion US dollars yeah. um, is staked on on them. So you know, lots of people trust it and, and, and believe in, in the tech. But yeah, it's a great service for people. So it's pretty much like you go to time zone, you get time zone coupons. That's right. And yeah, you can then you can go to the restaurant and try and use them to buy your dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Good luck with that. Tell to get out. But Brian Armstrong is actually, he's freaking out. He's gone to Washington now and he's just tweeted that he's in Washington. He's had, he's had a meeting cancelled. He's uploading selfies with senators, pro-crypto senators, um, and he's pretty much pleading to these guys to come chat with him about how to resolve this. And I think he's a bit worried because the Coinbase share price, which has been demolished like 90% over the last year, has has now gone down another 25% since this news is broken. So yeah, he's getting getting amongst it. Yeah, he did get on the front foot with this straight away. You know, and I think we were talking in one of the other chats as to how much of their income is derived from staking. And it seems to be a fair bit. 10%. 10%. Is it 10? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's an important distinction to be made um, with regards to straight staking versus staking as a service. Uh, now, staking as a service can be construed as an actively managed portfolio or actively managed, you know, um, service, which can often be quite similar to maybe something in Australia that we call a managed investment scheme. Um, so, the and those decentralized options, they're not actively managed by anyone. You're just interfacing with code. So, uh, there's a lot of nuances, I think, in the different types of services that different platforms are providing, and they all do it a little bit differently. Uh, and certainly some are going to be more towards being classed as a security and some some aren't. I think that's where the SEC are having trouble with that distinction and where all this trouble is coming from. Yeah, I don't know if they're having too much trouble with it, um, but certainly drawing some clear lines in the legislation uh, is going to be something that I think comes about as a result of all this flurry in the market. So just moving on from that, so Kraken has settled with the SEC and stopped offering that staking to their retail customers. So Brian Armstrong, again from Coinbase, has come out overnight saying that he will fight this. Obviously, he's already taken selfies with some prominent people to help him there, Craig's telling us now. 
now because he does see their offering um, as very different to what Kraken is offering and he is continuing to offer um, staking on his site right now to customers in the US. So we'll see um, what happens with that story and how that one progresses. I think it's important to note as well that it is a bit of a light touch on Kraken. Um, you know, they've proven themselves as a trusted, long-standing business. Absolutely. And the SEC have given them a fine and said, hey, just kind of um, clean it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not saying don't stake. Um, they're just saying, hey, you've been doing a little bit wrong. Maybe um, just, just change it a little bit. Moving on to our next story. I saw a really great meme over the weekend which poked a bit of fun at the changing of the guard on LinkedIn with so-called metaverse experts who've now been taken over by AI experts. You, you basically can't get away from AI with chat GPT and now Bard. It's everywhere at the moment. It's all we're hearing about. And you can be sure that the crypto crew will jump on any trend <laughs> as fast as they can. So digital assets are really focused on AI. Uh, They've been skyrocketing at the moment. So crypto traders are really seeking to gain exposure in this industry, Blake. Mm, Yeah. So five of the top six trending cryptocurrencies on CoinGecko over the last week were related to artificial intelligence. We have Vato's, SingularityNet, Fetch, DeepBrain, and GNY. Now, interestingly, SingularityNet is a great project that I've been following for quite some time now. (laughs) And Ben Gotzel. He used to teach here at the University of Western Australia. He used to live here in Perth uh, with us. So, yeah, great to see um, see that project get up and continue to get traction. Wow. Do you have any, Blake? Uh, not anymore. I participated in the ICO quite in 2018, and uh, it did quite well back then. But, of course, many of these ICOs got demolished in the last bear market, um, so it was not saying I held on to. It was on my watch list, so I've seen it going up and down. But all those ones you mentioned there, they're at least 70% up in the last week. Some of them have doubled in the last week. So it's a big trend, Craig. Yeah, as you said, like crypto will jump on any trend. We love a new shiny toy. Don't um, you? Especially me. But I haven't actually got amongst this, but... Um, I was looking, I saw a meme, not a meme actually, an infographic the other day, and it only took chat GPT five days to hit a million users, yeah, yeah. where Facebook was like 10 months, Instagram was five months, Netflix was like a couple of years. So like it's gone hard and fast, this whole thing, and Google Trends are showing that more people are trying to get exposure to it. So the trends for AI investments has gone through the roof. But as Blake mentioned This does feel a little bit like the 2018 Mm. ICO period and a little bit like the 2020 NFT period when there was probably a thousand Bored Ape different (laughs) NFT like projects that just people just jumping on the trend. Um, So I would say invest quite carefully. Um, Yeah. The one that Blake's mentioning, obviously. Singularity Net, yeah. At least they're working on it before. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's been going for a long time. Yeah. yeah so I think exactly. what I wanted to say was that, you know, the, it, it, the good news is that, you know, these things do exist and they're attracting attention in the markets on the improve and it shows sentiment. There's investors out there with some cash looking for good ideas. So I think that's really good for sentiment. But um, you've got to be careful because a lot of people are just going to chuck the word AI against their token right now um, in the hope that, you know, people are going to jump on their thinking it's a pump. So please be careful out there. Do your own research as usual and don't think that, you know, just because there's AI on there, it's, it's going to have a pump. But just one thing too on this, the graph, which is also one that I watch, I think you guys also keep an eye on that one, that had that doubled last week in the same period and it came up in when I was doing a search for AI in a heap of searches 
about AI tokens, but it's not an AI token from what I can gather and what I've looked into for what it does, but it's been pocketed into all of those for some reason. So I don't. I need to go and do a little bit more research. But all, a lot of um, a lot of Twitter people that are talking about these AI projects have kind of pocketed the graph into that. So whether they've got something coming or it just happened to have been lumped in there, I don't know. So I need to go and do a bit of a bit of research on that one. There's sort of like all these other industries that'll sort of get more exposure from the AI. So mm. the graph, as far as I know, is just like a Web three internet stack. So it could be like. If people are building AI bots, they're going to build on the graph. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. But as you said, like all these little sub-niche industries that people, they might think they've missed the boat on AI, so they're going for the, the, the secondary. Yeah, potentially. Do your own research. More than us. Do it more than us. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The United Kingdom could have a digital pound by the end of the decade, or so the country's central bank and treasury have announced. The Bank of England Treasury launched the digital pound project this week, joining central banks globally working on their central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs. As the world becomes digital, the Bank of England has said that they believe it would be best to offer the country an opportunity to boost its financial and monetary stability while safeguarding its monetary sovereignty. So a lot of words there saying, hey, Bitcoin's around and, you know, we want to see how we can keep up. Craig, what are your thoughts here? Well, Trace, I've actually got a good article to link in our show notes from Routers. The Bank of England Deputy Governor, Mr. Governor, he said that everyone will have a limit of £20,000 each. Between um, ten and twenty thousand pounds each, he said. Between yep. ten and twenty thousand pounds each, mm-hmm. and he also said that a digital pound would have the same legal status as cash. So this just seems like a load of rubbish. Yeah, they seem that they're building it so the days of cashies are gone and holding cash, and they want people to start to use the digital pound so they can track it. Yeah, let's I, see. I read that too, and I just wanted to point out what he said because I, I did write this down. We likely have measures to prevent hoarding the digital currency, which is why they're proposing the limit of between ten and twenty thousand pounds per individual. Why would people hoard the digital currency? They're going to print much more. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is. I just think that even they're trying to sell this to people, and they're already putting a cap on it. I don't. I don't understand. It could just be for the interim phase, you know, mm, while mm. they're um, you're proving out the tech. Yeah. So, um, look, I think there'll be other nations to follow suit here. We've talked on the podcast a lot about CBDCs and other nations who have already been testing these over the last few years. Right here in Australia, we 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 are doing this. At the moment, the program was uh, spoken about and launched in June last year, which is going to take a year. Um, and hopefully in the next few months, we'll hear a little bit more about how that's going um, and they'll give some kind of report. So much more to say on that one, Blake? Yeah, the the, CRC, the government did a CRC, which is a collaborative research project and provide $180 million in funding here in Australia over 10 years. Um, which is to bring together universities, industry partners, and the Australian government to further R&D in this space, right? Um, so Trace and I are actually heading to an event on this Thursday and Friday to learn a little bit more about that and meet with all the stakeholders and hear what everyone's thinking. So we'll come back to everyone with what we hear at those events. With that, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have a story that's developed over the last 24 hours, as well as that, our short, sharp news bites. We'll be back. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So this story has been brewing over the last 24 hours. Stablecoin issuers are starting to face regulatory scrutiny, and it looks like Paxos is the first off the mark. Paxos is the issuer of Binance Stablecoin BUSD. On Sunday, it was announced that the SEC was planning to sue Paxos for selling BUSD as an unregistered security. Now, with the market cap of $16 billion, BUSD is the third largest stablecoin and around 90% of BUSD is held on Binance. So there's a little bit of panic set out. There's a couple of emails and tweets going around about getting your money off Binance. You know, the regular panic that kind of happens with anything like this at the moment. But, you know, this is big news. Blake, what kind of development is this? It's pretty interesting because Paxos is the technology provider and Binance, um, manages the backing of the stablecoin. So Binance has chosen to go with Paxo because they're highly regulated, based in New York. This has been around, like, this has been four years, this has been... It's been around for a while, Mm. uh, but I think what the SEC is concerned about is uh, the backing of the BUSD being backed by other stablecoins. It's not backed one for one with dollars, it's backed with other assets, a basket of assets. So there's some concerns about how that's been structured as a product. Uh, And yeah, of course, uh, the SEC seems to have gone to war with stablecoins and the industry at whole to figure out how to deal with these things. And they don't necessarily have rules and regs to enforce this. Um, They are taking it to court so they can get a judgment on that from a court. This was such a significant development that uh, PayPal have given notice to pause work on their stablecoin, which was also being developed by Paxos. Uh, And a ban on the BUSD would actually have a very limited impact on the crypto ecosystem as its primary use just on the Binance platform. However, it could result in a bank run. Uh, and you know, loss of trust in some of these key players. Mm, but I think that's probably unlikely at this stage. Yeah, I think it's pretty unlikely. It's more that I would say that the SEC is just looking at the structure mm-hmm. and giving notice to the other other stable coins to hey, maybe maybe look at a different way of doing this. If we're to hold in stable coins right now, what would be the safest? Uh, I think is it USDC by Circle mm-hmm. uh, is generally regarded as the safest. There is USDT. Um, which is the biggest, and uh, they're offshore. They're the oldest. Um, that's owned by um, Bitfinex and and 
uh, they they created that. That was the first stablecoin. Mm-hmm. And you know, even though it's not audited like USDC, I still think it's potentially one of the safest, mainly because they've been around so long. They have a proven track record. Um, but again, there is that shadiness. Because that mm, we've sure. always felt like stablecoins were safe. Yeah. And now it feels like it's kind of a bit of an attack on stablecoins. Well, people are sort of flocking to these decentralized stablecoins. Like there's one called Frax, which is getting a lot of love recently on the interwebs. There's another one, DAO. Yeah, make a make a DAO make has a DAO. A, has the mm. die, which is mm. an algorithmic stablecoin. We've been in mm. over this in earlier um, podcasts, but US potentially one of the most the safest out there because mm-hmm. it doesn't touch USD, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's audible by the blockchain, not by third party auditors like a, an accounting firm, for example. I'm actually making a note. I think we could um, talk a little bit more about um, stablecoins in particular, make a DAO in one of our future episodes. I think that's a great idea. So let's move on now to our short, sharp news bites. Craig, you want to kick off first, mate? Sure. So there were zero crypto ads at the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it, but last year it was Crypto Ball pretty much. What was the what was the ad that the FTX one? Who was that? that? The guy that you love, Trace? Larry David. Larry David, Tom Brady. They were all in the FTX ad and they went to zero. So pretty insane. Anyway, that could be a top signal last year. And this could be another bottom signal that I'm calling that is no crypto ads. So Reddit has given away over a million Super Bowl NFTs on Polygon. And Polygon is a layer two protocol that sits on top of Ethereum. And they just do distribution so well. I think they've nailed product market fit. Um, their, their user base is internet native. And the adoption rate of their user base is huge. And they've done an incredible job um, onboarding people to Web3. So. Yeah, they've killed it again. Well done, Reddit. What's up next? Louis Vuitton, the iconic international fashion house, has announced a new partnership with Yayoi Kasuma. Louis Vuitton will be releasing 10,000 NFTs to commemorate its 200th anniversary. Buyers will have the opportunity to convert the NFTs into physical products, and rumours have the collaboration around a cost of 4F, which is pretty high, but if you're going to get some physical products from Louis Vuitton, then that sounds about right. There you go. And that's a contemporary artist, right? Apparently. They've done something with this lady before and she looks pretty cool. Craig, what's up? So Tether, speaking of stable coins, Tether have reported a $700 million fourth quarter profit. It decreased their secure loans by $300 million. So um, they're trying to get that down to zero. As we all know, the hairiness with loans in the last 12 months. They've completely moved away from holding commercial paper as part of its reserve backing. So not only is their treasury going to be backed by cash, but it'll also be backed by market funds, precious metals, and other digital tokens. So $40 billion of Tether's holdings will be in US treasury bills, and the remaining $67 billion will be distributed across funds, cash, and digital tokens and precious metals. So fair bit of their treasury isn't in cash. I just don't know how a CFO for a business like that would be able to sleep at night. Nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. DeFi giant MakerDAO, who produces the stablecoin DAI that we referenced earlier, will introduce an Aave rival dubbed Sparked Protocol. We had the founder of Aave, Stani, on here earlier last year. 
And Aave is a money market, a decentralized money market. So Stark Protocol is a fork of Aave V3. Now, some, one of the qualities of your decentralized finance is that the code is open source. So competitors can copy the code and improve on it to make their own platforms, which um, allows for the rapid innovation in this sector. It will allow users to borrow, lend, and stake with DAI as its native currency, which I think is a stroke of genius mm. and um, is very, very bullish on Maker. Maker do things very well. They do they move slowly, um, but when they do, uh, they're often the best at it in the industry. So I can't wait to use this platform uh, as they bring it to market. Another one on the watch list for me. Great. NFTs are coming to Europe's largest modern art museum, home to France's National Museum of Modern Art. CryptoPunk number 110 and Autoglyph number 25 were both donated to the museum and will be featured during an exhibition this spring along with 16 other NFTs. So that's it. NFTs are filtering their way through to the fancy modern art museums. So I'll just add this one here while we're talking highbrow. Paris Hilton will be hosting a metaverse reality TV dating show. I can see Blake's looking very excited here. Paris Hilton has teamed up with Virtual World Sandbox to create Paris Land, billed as the next romantic adventure set on a tropical island. Blake's working on his application now. So more of a serious one, Visa, we covered Visa announcing that they were going to launch stablecoin payments on ETH a few months ago, a while ago, but now they're starting to test it. So this is actually going to happen. Um, It aims to enhance its ability to facilitate fast and secure cross-border payments, improve its fraud detection um, and reduce its operation costs. So good news for ETH. I wonder what stablecoin Visa will use, maybe their own? Definitely their own. Their own. So the board of online brokerage firm Robinhood has authorised the purchase of shares previously purchased by Sam Bankman-Fried. Sam was holding these in an entity called Emergent Fidelity Technologies, which is not to be confused with Fidelity Bank. Uh, so Robinhood is planning to buy the $55 million shares back, um, which is uh, obviously great for shareholders because it'll reduce the number of shares on issue. Okay, so startup NFT marketplace Blur continues to outstrip poor old OpenSea as anticipation grows for its token launch next week. The Ethereum-based protocol geared towards seasoned traders was only launched in October, but already boasts 46% of the total weekly market share against OpenSea's 36%. Poor old OpenSea is getting smacked about all over the place at the moment. So Blur has topped daily trade volumes across NFT sector every day throughout February, averaging roughly 14.3 million compared to OpenSea's 11.3 million. This is as per June Analytics dashboard. I can't say that I'm really in the weeds with anything to do with NFTs at the moment, but I used to be on OpenSeas and a few others. Craig, are you still in the space checking out much on NFTs? I've not even heard much about Blur, but this seems to be a big deal. You know me, I love a narrative and (laughs) NFT is not the narrative right now. Do I think NFTs are over? Probably not. Oh, God. While we're on this, actually, Alluvium... Aussie-based project. I think we spoke about them a few weeks ago. They did their land sale like last week. I don't know if we covered it in the episode though. We did not, no. That was a huge deal. So NFTs with use case with games, that's, that is red hot. Yeah. Well, we did have Ben from Eclective Shift on last week and he did talk about gaming and 
did give a shout out to Alluvium. Didn't know they had their land sales, but um, that's good to hear. But again, NFT marketplace blur. Let's finish up on that. I think that's all the news that we've got in there for you guys, uh, which wraps up this week's episode. So thanks again for listening. If you have anyone else that you think would like to catch up on the crypto news, then please do point them our way. Once again, you can keep up with us on socials. Join us in our Facebook group. Um, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts and get in touch via emails, which is podcast at getbamboo.io. Once again, thanks for listening. Bye for now. See you guys. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 